Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Monday, December 28th, 2015. And today we are reading from the big book. We are beginning the chapter two, There is a Solution, on page 17. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy T., the 12 Traditions, Janice B. And our text readers will be Do L, Rachel W, Santa H. And our newcomer greeter is Mary B. And our share ID for yesterday, Sunday, the 27th day of December, is 8299. 8299. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating, we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your... Good morning, this is Nancy T., a grateful compulsive overeater in Vermont, and I belong here with all of you. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another person, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. 
as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy T. And I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Janice B., compulsive overeater in Vermont. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least money, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Past. Thank you, Janice B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are beginning Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 17. And I'm going to ask Du L to begin reading for us on page 17. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. Um, thank you. There is a solution. 
And we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Um, what a great way to start this chapter. Um, my name is Dew. Uh, my last initial is Al, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And what I like about this is they're starting off with the title, there's a solution, there's a way out. Um, and they're going to show us exactly, precisely what that solution is. And um, I, I love this chapter because it starts off with what the solution is not, and it is not me. Um, and they're going to focus a lot on that throughout the the the, um, the chapter. But what I want to really focus on is that they say that nearly all have recovered and they have solved the drink problem. And it starts with the word recovered. And what does that mean? You know, um, from the title page, it, it talked about that we have uh, how many, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism, which, you know, indicating it's past tense. And what are we recovering from? In um, forward to the first edition, it talks about that these 100 men and women have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It seems hopeless, but it's doable. And, and what is the mind and the body? Well, that I have an obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body. And we've done the doctor's opinion. We looked at Bill's story. We've, we've seen what that looks like, right? That once I start, I can't stop. And once I'm stopped, I can't stay stopped. So it says here, they have solved the drink problem. Well, how, how do we do that? Well, we go through another... <laughs> 12 steps to get that, you know, we go through another nine steps and then by 10, by the 10th step, we should have that solution. Um, because on page 85, it says that we will seldom be interested in liquor. And if we are, if we're tempted, we will recoil from it from a hot flame. And this is given to us without any effort on our part. You know that it, we're placed in a in a place of neutrality, safe and, and protected. You know that the problem has been removed; it does not exist for us anymore. And and that's the beautiful thing about this uh, recovery process: that when I say I'm recovered, I have been restored to the same way of thinking and the same way of eating. The problem is no longer there. I am not running after the food. I am not obsessing over the food. I am not thinking about these things. You know, I have been giving a way out, out of the food. Um, I have been given a way out of that idol where I'm able to focus my attention on on God and my higher power. I, I have a relationship with my higher power today. You know, I am not cured. It doesn't mean that I'm cured from my compulsive eating because any time that I decide to pick up my binge foods again, I will go back to the same insanity. Um, but it's a daily spiritual reprieve that I have. And I'm so grateful that uh, we're going to get to talk about this more throughout the chapter. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Dew. Charles H. Charles. Larry. Tina. Where are we at? Where are we at? Larry. Tina. Tina S. I got Tina. R. Kimsey. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Did I hear a Susie? Chrissy. Did I hear a Susie? I got you, Tina. Okay, this is what I've got. <laughs> I've got Charles. Hey, would anybody like to share on this con- on this paragraph? <laughs> I got Charles, Larry, Tina, Nessa, Chrissy, Vasa O, Kim G, Kim. Okay, let's go with that. Charles, you're up, and then it'll be Larry. Good morning, Monica T. This is Charles H. Recover Visionary just for today. You knew it was going to be a traffic jam right here. It usually <laughs> is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there is a solution, right? I love how uh, <clears throat> Chapter 2 starts with there is a solution. I already got like seven people lined up for the doc's opinion this week. Uh, that's where, you know, that's where it starts for me. And like uh, Duel just uh, said so beautifully, forward to, you know, forward, the forward says, you know, if if I believe that I'm hopeless, right, that's where I, I have to believe that I am hopeless because I have to have tried, for me, this is my experience, I have to have tried everything else. You know, I hear people in programs say, you know, three meetings a week, all right, three meetings a week will kill me. I'll be dead, you know, on the fourth day. What will I do? The solution is stay. You know, I shared on, a, on one of my Facebook pages that you know what I'm no longer I'm no longer enabling. I'm not telling um, you know my sponsors it's all right if you go back to the. It's not all right. I'm your blood is not going to be on my hands. There is a solution. Um, men and women who were once as hopeless as Bill, I get so I read after Doctor Penny strongly suggested to read Bill's story with a recovered sponsor or guide. Right? They have all solved their bills. We we've seen what Bill Bill, so hopeless, and a man with a vision that has saved millions of people. It's not thousands no more. Millions of people. And I thank Ebby, right? For for yeah, they said he picked up again. They said he picked up again, but so what? He carried the most important message um to Bill W. And I, I mean, I thank him for that. I'm reading this book right now. A brother learning about history. There is a solution. The program of action. No graduation because we get to page 84, 85, 86, 87 and work with others. We continue to do this and search out other people. And that's the solution. The program of action. Step, step one, disconnection. Step two, and the rest of the steps, connected. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles. Larry K., you're up, and then it'll be Tina S. Good morning, Monica. Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Representing out here in Chicago. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the deal um, for me with this, uh, this paragraph. So, you know, this, this, this term, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're told about uh, people who are recovered, and it's, uh, it's a term that uh, I didn't see generally used in the rooms of OA. You don't hear people referring to themselves as being recovered. Um, yet we know that almost immediately after cracking open the book, as we've heard already, you know, we read verbatim that this is the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And, uh, and, and then we, we see that again and again uh, throughout. You know, but um, it seems to me that the most powerful statement uh, of those you know, referred to as recovered on 132 in, uh, in the family afterwards, it says, 
we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. I mean, that's a miraculous, miraculous deal for me. Um, you know, and, and we've clearly um, identified who the recovered alcoholic is. You know, what about the recovering alcoholic? Well, the recovering alcoholic um, is one who is somewhere between steps three and 11. You know, they're in the process of coming to believe, but perhaps they have not yet, um, you know, had the spiritual awakening. And Bill W. was recovering uh, for two to three days in Towns Hospital. Most of the alcoholics who participated in the, in the writing of the big book uh, took the steps uh, during the first seven to ten days after their, their last drink. Many had recovered before they ever attended a meeting. So if a person comes to, to, to Overeaters Anonymous for help because they have been unable to find a way to stop starting to eat and are not taking or have not taken the steps, they're neither recovering nor are they recovered. You know, they have a case of untreated alcoholism, untreated compulsive overeating. And if they've developed this alcoholic mind that I have, uh, they'll eat again. Oh, they will. Um, they're the ones who, who, you know, who choose to declare that there's no such thing as re a recovered alcoholic. Well, you know, I would say respectfully and with love and compassion and peace, how, how in the world would they know? You know, and I say that because um, I was among those people. I didn't know what I didn't know, but I sure had a strong opinion about it. You see, for me today, I know that I'm recovered. And I'll tell you something else. I know I'm not cured. I have a daily reprieve. And I know that I didn't effectuate this change myself. I'm not the higher power. <laughs> I never will be. The higher power that I call God did this for me. And uh, now I get the gift of staying on this beam of recovery if I live in steps 10, 11, and 12. I mean, what a, what a deal. With that, I'll pass. Thanks for your service, Monica. Thank you, Larry Kay. Tina F., you're up, and then it'll be Nessa L.R. Thanks, Monica. Tina S., compulsive eater anorexia from Florida. Wow, there is a solution. Thank God. You know, um, there is an answer to my problem. And uh, as it tells me on page 45 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, lack of power is my dilemma, which is my problem. And, and thank you, God, that we do have a solution. I love this. I love the whole big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So, um, but, you know, one of the things that, that I have to, you know, just say for myself, nearly all have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And, you know, and I, too, believe that I'm recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body one day at a time if I do the deal. If I do what I did yesterday to stay uh, sober and abstinent, uh, then I, too, am recovered today. And um, they have solved the drink problem. But, you know, this morning when I read this, what I thought about was, you know, it says nearly all have recovered. Well, that's not the stats today. And I know we have more people coming in uh, the rooms than we did back then. But what, you know, what, Today, you know, I, I am graced to be in both programs, and I have people uh, in AA who um, lead people to me that might want to try this way of life in Overeaters Anonymous. And, and you know, and some stay and some don't. And, um, you know, what I know is that I have to continue, and it's already been shared, I have to continue to give this thing away because this has saved my life and also has given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I so want that for others. And, you know, and it's just miraculous because that is not what I wanted when I got here. So I'm just so grateful, grateful to be on the line and grateful for all the people that share and, and without the past. 
Thank you, Tina S. Nessa R., you're up. And then Chrissy, and I didn't get your last initial, Chrissy will be up. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, as arrogant as uh, Bill was in his active addiction, um, he was humble in his recovery, and so he entitled this chapter, There is a Solution as Opposed to the Solution, um, recognizing that there could be other solutions. But um, for me, just like these other thousands uh, of men and women who have recovered and solved their drinking problem, um, I, I tried everything else and or as many things I could think of, and nothing really else worked except for the instructions that are in, in this book. You know, I, um, I tried many things, all different kinds of diets, all different kinds of therapies, but they never really addressed both components of my, of my illness. You know, the diets addressed the allergy of the body. You know, I, they forced me to put the food down, and that eliminated the phenomenon of craving so that, you know, if I didn't get started, then I didn't have to keep, you know, eating more and more and more and more and more. But they didn't address my mind um, that kept me kept pushing me towards the food. And the therapies like psychotherapy or whatever it is, like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, all these things, they addressed my mind. Um, but, you know, I you know, didn't work because I was in the food. This is really the only solution that addressed both the allergy of the body, eliminated my phenomenal craving, and quieted the obsession of my mind. And, you know, what is the solution? The solution is a power greater than myself, you know. Um, I did have a power greater than myself. It was the food. Um, the problem is that that power wanted me dead. I needed a power who wanted me to live and thrive, and that power for me is God. And how to get access to God? Um through through these 12 steps, through the 12 steps that I laid out in this book. And I am forever grateful that this book was written, and I'm forever grateful that um, somebody took me through the steps, um, helped me discover the steps, and achieved the recovery that I have today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. Chrissy, you're up, and then it'll be Vasa all. Hi, this is Chrissy M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey, and I'm no longer insane when it comes to food. That's a miracle for me. I was insane when it came to food for my whole life, and it, it took on different different faces. You know, it was, when I was little, it was just focusing on how much I could eat and how I could sneak more food because my my family was conscious of what I was eating because I was very overweight. And then in my young adulthood, when I wanted to be slim, then it turned into bulimia and anorexia and all sorts of different, but it was always insanity when it came to food. And I no longer am insane. And it it's not because of of any any medical cure or any any cure that is anything apart from 
a spiritual experience that I had as a result of the steps. And I, I know that today I still get obsessions. I'm no longer obsessed with food, by food, body image. Um, I might have speeding thoughts, but there's no power to them. There's, um, there's no power to it, and it's nothing that I did. I'm not special. And when I when I speak to my sponsees and ones who are are still not completely um, convinced of step one, then they know that they're they know that they're insane. But when you're in the insanity, it's it's really hard to see it. And and for me, it was really really important for me to believe that I couldn't trust my own thoughts when it around food until I I became recovered. So um, that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Chrissy M. Vasa O, you're up, and then it'll be Kim G. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everyone. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive leader calling from Florida. And I was just so thrilled to hear the solution, you know, I, you know, struggling with the food addiction for many, many, 25 years of my life, trying to find the solution or the answer out there was just unbearable, you know, and I came to a place, I, before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I just gave in the food, I, would, I just said, that's it, I'm not trying anymore, there's nothing more to try, you know, and there were a couple more things I wanted to try, maybe to have the bypass down in my stomach or have my jaws wired or go to a hypnotist, and I was too afraid to do those things, you know. And uh, I wanted to have what those 100 men had that recovered, like talks and how the program works. You know, I remember when I came and I listened and listened. And I thank God for the person that brought me to Overeaters Anonymous, uh, the 12-step me. And I, again, you know, this is the, the program of action. You know, I, I learned about the, in the doctor's opinion, I learned about the allergy. I had no clue about the allergy. The more I ingested that allerg- allergic things in my body, the more the craving wanted, the more there was a craving I didn't want to eat my other food. I wanted to eat those things, you know. And then I'm just so grateful. I, you know, I became abstinent even before I came to my first meeting because I know my sponsor said food is uh, allergy, food is a drug, and it's going to kill us if it doesn't if we don't stop. And I, I diagnosed myself. Nobody had to diagnose me what I was and what I was doing the food. So the solution. The prescription, the you know, it's all here. And I was ready and I was willing to do it because I didn't want to die. So, I, you know, yeah, I am recovered, but I'm not cured. I wouldn't be coming for the next 30 years if I felt like, you know, I was cured. And I just want to pass it on to other people. And I'm just so grateful for my higher power and the program and the people in it, like he did the vision for you, it's amazing. This is a God-designed program. So stay with it. Don't give it up. You know, it does work if we work it. Thank you, and I pass. 
Thank you, Vasa O. Kim G, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and so grateful for the beautiful tapestry we just heard of a very clear message, a very clear message that we can recover. But this is in past tense. You know, they, they, they have solved the drink problem. And I think what we've heard people say, which is so true, is if I don't understand the problem, I don't even know what I'm solving. Because for years I did think my problem was food and weight. And as long as I believed that, then the food was my problem, the solution was abstinence. So ask yourself, was abstinence enough? You know, if weight was really my problem, a conventional diet program can tell me how to limit my calories and exercise more. I've gotten to goal weights dozens of times. Have you? Has that solved your problem? You know, so it's so important that if we're saying it's solved our drink problem, what is the drink problem? And I just want to commend, I think Sue did a beautiful job summarizing that. You know, that we do have this allergy to the body that's a permanent condition. This is not like a diet where I get to a certain weight and then I can moderate my foods. This is not a way that we can just avoid people, places, and things. You know, that the, the permanent disability is my allergy. The reason my, my drink problem has been solved is because my mental obsession, which is the larger aspect of my disease, has been removed by this step process. And if the obsession is removed, then I'm not going to want my food. And if I'm not going to want my food, I'm not going to pick up the food, which means I'm not going to trigger the allergy. Therefore, my problem is solved because I won't trigger the allergy. You know, it's funny because, I mean, this word recovered, I so bristled at it when I first heard it in a big book meeting because I was so steeped in the idea that I would always be sick, I'd always be recovering. But I also see the pendulum on the other side where I've heard people, even on this line, say they're recovered because they're abstinent. Recovered is not about abstinence. Yes, when you're abstinent, you feel better initially because the, the allergy not being triggered is a freedom. It's an absolute freedom. You're sleeping better. Your mind's working a little bit better. Your stomach's not as hurt, hurt as much. And if that was enough, you don't need to come to Overeaters Anonymous. You know, in my opinion, we have watered down this one-day-at-a-time message to the point that what, we're, what our goal is is to white-knuckle our our substance, whatever that is, and go to bed exhausted thinking we beat the substance for one more day. No, one day at a time in the 12-step program is put down the food so that allergy is not being triggered, so we have clarity of mind to work through all 12 steps. And at that point, we have a daily reprieve. I have a daily reprieve contingent on my spiritual condition, which means today I am recovered and I have the ability to be permanently recovered if I do that. But if I stop the work, which I see many people do, I'm going to not have that recovered state, which means my mind's going to tell me it's okay to pick up the food, which means I'm going to be in the allergy, which means I'm going to be in the depths of my illness. It's as simple as that. So today you can be recovered and you can solve your drink problem as long as you put down the food, work the steps, and have a spiritual awakening. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Julie R. Julie R. Leah. Leah. Okay, let's go with that, and then we'll move on to the next paragraph. Julie R., you're up. Hi, thank you, Monica. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, you know, so much of what everybody has said has just, you know, I'm shaking my head going, yes, yes. You know, I 
would never have said recovered before because it was almost like blasphemy. You know, how can I do that? But once I got into the book and really started studying it, it says it so many times. And what does that mean? Yeah, the food is down. You bet. That's a number one. But how am I living my life? Am I a kind, caring, giving person? Do I have restraint of tongue? You know, I got to um, experience and see some of my recovered state, you know, during the holidays with family. I mean, my son flew in from Idaho, and his buddy from Afghanistan had just got um, home, and he wanted to spend time with him. And my old self, whether I was in the food or not, my unrecovered self would have thrown a hissy fit. I paid for your flight, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I said, yeah, go and enjoy. Was I hurt? whatever you want to call it. But you know what? My life is not Julie-centered. And it's only because, one, the food is down and it is super clean. I have no question, is my food sloppy or not? It is clean and has been since October 22nd of 2014. Am I living in 10, 11, and 12 in the balance? Not all 12, all not 11, whatever. But, yeah, you know, this is so exciting because I was once as hopeless as Bill, eating out of garbage cans, eating 10,000 calories at a time, weighing almost 300 pounds, and being dishonest and a hateful woman. And today it's like I am free. I have to work hard. I have to work hard every day and live in these steps. But this is so exciting because, yes, we can all become recovered one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie R. Leah M., you're up. Thank you so much, Monica. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Um, Yes, you know, oftentimes people are surprised at the language um, that we utilize here on the line. You know, we have recovered. Um, but uh, the big book consistently uses the word recovered and not recovering. You know, the word recovering is used only once, and it's used then only to describe someone who is still working through the process of the steps and is not yet free from the bondage of addiction. How do we know that we are recovered? We know because the mental obsession has been driven out. So the big book uses recovered because that word shows a complete change in my attitude. It shows the fact that the problem has been removed. It's the advertisement to you who still suffers, to the compulsive overeater who uh, crawled into a meeting with tombstones in their eyes. It's an advertisement uh, that I no longer have the illness I used to have. True, you know, I still have an allergy of the body. Uh, that will always be the case for me. I am bodily men- uh, different from my fellows. Uh, but it's true also that I have a daily reprieve contingent on my spiritual condition. I have recovered from what was a seemingly, it seemed hopeless, condition of mind and body. So you who are out there who are still suffering in the disease, uh, I say that I'm recovered not out of any pride that I have. I'm humbled. I am humbled by the clear knowledge of who and what I am. I was unable to accomplish this on my own. And believe me, I tried many different remedies and many different uh, methods. 
But I had to surrender completely and admit that I was powerless, and only then could I begin to find the power that has uh, caused my recovery. So I get wound up on this line, uh, not because (laughs) I get excited to talk, uh, to hear my own voice. I get excited about us. I get excited about what's possible. I get excited that uh, these 12 steps, uh, through these steps, it's been enabled uh, to effectuate such a change in my personality, in my character, in my values, and I have seen that same transformation in so many others, and it's more than just the simple elimination of binge foods. It is a restoration. It's a rehabilitation. It is a new life. It is a new life, uh, one that uh, I never experienced before, and it's always as a result of these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Ditto, ditto. And with that, we're going to move on to the next paragraph. And Rachel W., could you read for us, please? Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me okay? Sure can, yes. Excellent. Okay, great. Good morning, everyone. This is, this is Rachel W., a cover compulsive of reader calling from New York. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. Um, hi, this is Rachel W., and this is such a beautiful paragraph. It's, it's really describing the survival that we experience in this program and, um, and also just the undercurrent of humanity of love and, and fellowship, you know, that, that really runs uh, between all of us. And, um, and, you know, the idea that it's not really about what we go through in life, but rather um, who we are as a result and what we do. And so when we're, you know, for me, you know, reading this, I, I see that the joy of being in this program is that I'm with others, not only who have felt my, my situation and my pain and, and have experienced the same isolation of this disease, but rather it's, it's I'm with others who are focused on a solution who, are, who understand that it's not even about, as we say, you know, graduating from this program, but rather um, just every day waking up as a survivor and, 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 um, and processing what it means and doing all these extra things in my life each day that I, that I plug in, you know, to, to remain, you know, in, in, um, in the condition that I can go on uh, in a successful way. And I'm thinking as well that, you know, it's, it's also um, reminding me of the power of anonymity, you know, that, that that is a spiritual foundation, that who would we be and what would we be in this program if, if all of us were not, it wasn't anonymous, you know. So for me, this, this is about, you know, understanding that I'm in a fellowship where the only requirement is that, you know, a desire to stop for me to, you know, not eat compulsively anymore. And, and um, that I, when I do service, 
It's anonymous to keep me um, neither above or below the OA 12 and 12 talks about that, you know, being above or below the human race. And, and this, in this way of doing service, I'm anonymous and I can remind myself that I'm just another, you know, member and, um, and, and above all, you know, it just keeps me out of that isolation of the disease. So I'm so grateful uh, for reading this paragraph today. This is really beautiful. So thank you and uh, have a great day, everyone. And I pass. Thank you, Rachel W. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Sally. AJM. AJM. Reva P. Reva P. Kathy K. Kathy K. Okay, I got Sally. Sally. AJM. AJM. Reva P. Kathy K. Was there someone else in there that I missed? Lynn S. Lynn S. Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Sally. You're up. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Abyssin, for you. Sally A. I am still in New York and a recovered compulsive overeater, a wonderful thing. I love this um, powerful, these words here, the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. And we are. We are joined together in a very special way. I I often have this feeling, um, for anyone who's ever seen the movie The Matrix, like I'm living in this sub-level of life that, and perhaps sub is not the best word, but it's like I'm living a, a total different um, level of life that my whole family has no idea about, and um, and yet the life that I lived with them on this higher level or this this more visual level that they see uh, is made so precious and so different because of this other life that I live that they have no idea about and I cannot explain to them. They are just simply in the dark. Um, they, they probably will never understand. My kids grew up with me in OA. And um, since my, uh, my son was absolutely eight, eight days old, my son David, who's presently 33 years old, and my daughter Sam was two years old, and Diana wasn't even born yet. And here I've been walking in these rooms, and for so many of the years, I held myself aloof. For so many of the years, I was not I did not want this program to intrude on my private life, so I kept it in a box, like a like a, a shoebox in my closet, and I would keep the books neatly in a bag, and I would come home and put the bag in the closet, and I would only take them out when I would go to the meetings, and I would, of course, do what they told me to do obediently, make my three phone calls, but everything was done from a perspective of self. I have to make my phone calls for me. It wasn't that I was making phone calls for anyone else, but for me. My whole perspective was me, 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 me. But now, in these last years of recovery, because I have learned a new way of living, a new design for living, these 12 steps, because I have put the food down, because I have embraced what I have and who I am, it's interesting because in my family, 
um, they look on and they say, why does this have to be like this? And not that they said that in the last few days because they have really seemed to have reached a level of acceptance that I myself am shocked over. But I myself have reached a level of acceptance. Um, I, I, I embrace this program and I embrace what I have and who I am in a very different way than I ever did before. I, I look at it at like this. If I had to have renal dialysis three times a week for four hours and then be exhausted all day, which is the case for people who have renal dialysis, they're just knocked down and exhausted from the process of renal dialysis three days a week. That is their lot. That is their disease, and that is the way it presents. And we are so blessed that our disease calls us to higher ground. Thank you, Monica. We're called to higher ground, and that is the glue that holds us all together. We live in a special way that, that we are blessed. Thanks for letting me share with that I pass. Thank you, Sally A. AJM, you're up, and then it'll be Reva P. Good morning. This is AJM from North Carolina. Um, two things occur to me. One, in that first paragraph, the line, nearly all have recovered. And it doesn't say all have recovered, nearly all. And that uh, sort of cautionary voice in the big book always appeals to me because it, it says to me that recovery is possible, number one. But number two, not everyone gets it. Um, we are average Americans, it goes on to say. And then I love the um, metaphor of the shipwreck that um, people from all walks of life huddle together in disaster, those those who survive a disaster together, and then uh, often afterward go their separate ways. But that's not what happens with this disease. There's still the feeling of having shared in a common peril and that continues daily. And it um, also occurred to me that that every day now, I think I can safely say every day of my life, I'm in contact with um, the 12-step community in one way or another, either through these meetings or through phone calls, which are now happening often every day. And um, I no longer feel like I'm sharing in a disaster. I now feel like I'm sharing in a miracle of um, having survived a disaster, being in the process of surviving. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for your service, and thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, AJM. Riva P., you're up, and then it'll be Kathy Kay. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, um, now in Montreal, and I'll be back in Toronto tonight. Um, I'd like to comment on this um, uh, aspect of fellowship, which they say is just one component, and then when we get to the next paragraph, we'll see the second component is also the steps. Um, so for me, you know, this is not a social group. This is not just, oh, we've had the same problem when we're coming together, socializing, support group. It says, we have escaped disaster, which means I have escaped death as a result of working the steps. Um, 
And that's what this uh, disease does. It might be slower than other addictions, but it leads to death. Um, and I have to remember that escaping disaster and um, being recovered is a daily thing. It's a daily reprieve. And the way I get my daily reprieve is to work the steps and also be cemented and bound to other people, which for me um, are like God with skin on um, and remind me to go back to my higher power um, to do the work. And I just want to share in terms of we have been rescued. Um, my brother and I, um, my brother lives in Montreal. We had like a non-relationship. Um, there was nothing there um, as an adult. And uh, as a result of working the steps, um, he was one of the first people I had done a step eight, nine with. You know, he joined us for dinners. He invited us to his home. Um, we had a really honest discussion about stuff with our mother yesterday. Like that is such a huge miracle. Um, and it's people in the fellowship who kept me on the beam these past few days so I can continue to have those kinds of rescue um, experiences um, in my life. Um, and someone once shared at a meeting, you know, we have this amazing fellowship, but I, I see this as more like a huddle. Like this is like a football huddle. We huddle together, we boost each other up, but then we go and play the game. And I get to practice this in all my affairs in program um, and also outside of program where I am not the same person, my relationships are not the same. So if anybody doubts if there's a solution like, this is so not me. This is so not me and my brother. It is just amazing. So we might have different versions of the problem, but there's one solution, and it really does work. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Kathy K., you're up, and then it'll be Lynn S. Thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Kathy K., a recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. Uh, this is such a beautiful paragraph, and it reminds me of all the miracle, the little miracles that came to me from the first day I walked into the OA rooms. I can remember at my very first meeting, somebody came up to me afterwards um, because she knew I was a newcomer. And the quality of our conversation in those 10 or 15 minutes was so amazing to me that it... Um, brought me back the following week. I, you know, that very first meeting, as I've shared in the past, I almost didn't come back because I could not relate at all to the talk about God and higher power. But I came back because of this person who connected with me so well and who shared her experience so openly, and that is what gave me hope. And since then, over these many years, um, the relationships I have had the opportunity to develop are just so uh, amazingly authentic and loving and deep and um, really like nothing I experience most of the time in the world about me. Um, just yesterday a newcomer reached out and called me, and I was so delighted by that. 
Um, you know, uh, it's amazing that wherever we are in our recovery process, connecting with others who are seeking recovery is is um, not only a miracle, but it's such it's such a fulfilling and engaging experience when it when it happens and um i consider the fellowship so very important just because of how it's described here um and that combined with actively working the steps is is the way to stay and become recovered thank you thank you Kathy K Lynn S you're up Hi, this is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. This paragraph is really resonating with me, and I'm just thinking about the OA experience. And, you know, we've been in the water, and we've grabbed the life preserver, and now we're in the lifeboat. And we have that feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But we're in the boat. We're all in the boat and we're discussing, you know, isn't it wonderful we finally found a group of people who understand us and we share in our eating stories and this is great, but we're in the boat. And the one thing that's missing, and we've sort of escaped disaster so far, but as it says, that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. We're not rescued yet. We're not on shore And the reason we're not on shore is because it hasn't gone on to the solution. And that's coming in the next paragraph. And it just just reminds me of uh, the OA experience where so many meetings share that camaraderie and share the joy. And and people say, thank God I finally found a place where you understand me and, and my eating isn't a secret anymore and everybody gets it. But they don't move on. The solution either isn't explained properly or we're not carrying the message quite right. And that's what I love about A Vision for You is we go on to share the message of recovery, to share the importance of working the steps, to share that being abstinent isn't being recovered. And it's just I just got this clear vision in my head, and thank God there's a meeting tonight um, where we can go and share our experience, strength, and hope and share that it's not just about the disease and we're all experiencing the disease, but there is a solution, there is a way to recover from this disease, and we're going to talk about it in the next paragraph. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. And we have come to the end of our time here this morning, and I would like to thank you to everyone who has shared Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Santa H., could you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Certainly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today, calling in from New Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.